Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast, talking all things holistic health and mind, body, soul, healing and expansion with me, your host, Megan Cooper. Up on the podcast this week is Rhea Lynn, a women's mentor, business coach, yoga and meditation teacher, originally from Vancouver Island in Canada, but living in Bali with her husband, an epic community of friends and entrepreneurs. With a master's in occupational therapy and extensive experience working in the field of global mental health, Rhea combines traditional evidence-based therapeutic methods with alternative self-development principles and practices for a balanced and expansive transformation. Her signature coaching programs have helped people all around the world step into their fullest expression and expand in the areas of self, business and relationships. I wanted to speak to Rhea about her transition from therapy into the world of coaching, the differences between these two sectors, how to know where to start, as well as how to turbocharge your own growth and self-development. You'll hear about a few key areas being community, mentorship and embodiment, all areas Rhea cites as pivotal to her own evolution, as well as the growth of her own clients. All right, my love. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. So thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So honored to be here, Megan. Awesome, my love. Okay, so if you could just give a little bit of background, perhaps, because I know that you've had a transition from therapy to coaching, and obviously, you know, I've done a little bit in the introduction, but it'll be great to hear from you of what that path has looked like with your development so far and with your work so far. Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess from a young age, I always knew I wanted to work in mental health. It just really spoke to me, really drew me in and I loved that it was different and that it was unknown and that it was edgy. And I kind of was, you know, in the rebellion phase and in different ways, like not necessarily being the rebel myself, but wanting to explore these different areas that like some people felt scared of, or like was, you know, maybe a little bit taboo. So anyways, I really wanted to work in the field of mental health. Um, That led me down the career path of occupational therapy. So I studied kinesiology as my undergraduate degree. And then my master's is in occupational therapy and specifically in the realm of mental health and addiction. So I worked in inpatient centers in Vancouver and then eventually started to work at the drug and alcohol rehab centers here in Bali. And so, you know, primarily supporting people in the transition into the real world again, after just being deep in their drug and alcohol addiction and not being their primary life focus and then kind of re-emerging of how do I, you know, how do I have a job again? How do I interact in community again? How do I really immerse myself in, in, these life skills. Um, So that was my role as a therapist. And then um, as we all know, COVID happened and I transitioned into the online space and thought I would do something similar. I hired my first life coach, or sorry, hired my first business coach, which was a six month program. And then really learned actually what the industry of coaching was, what coaching entailed and, you know, that it was unregulated. And that scared me a little bit, to be honest. I was like, anybody can be a coach. What the heck is this? Um, But then I realized, you know, how amazingly open and holistic it allowed me to work. And I could, you know, bring so much of myself to the table in terms of transformations and creating these safe, supportive containers using my therapy skills, but also using any of the skills that I learned along the way in terms of my own personal development journeys. Um, So that led me into claiming the title of a coach. And that was actually a really challenging journey where I, I studied all these years and I really held on to this title as an occupational therapist and, you know, really offering this service and, and then just understanding that, 
you know, the, the title of coach is actually for other people to understand what I'm doing and what I'm offering. And that more accurately represents what it is that I offer. Um, so now life coach, women's mentor, whatever I want to call myself feels amazing. And, um, yeah, just really offering transformational spaces for women specifically. I work with a few men here and there, but mainly for women in one-to-one programs, group programs, and kind of with the essence being to, claim all parts of yourself to be who you are to show up in the world to use you know all of your gifts all of your offerings and, and be your full self in the world because there's a lot of this you know I have to go as the status quo and this was my my journey my story where I get the job I get the house I get the car I do all of the things and then I, I'm kind of sitting on the top of the mountain feeling like now what and so I help people with that place of the now what of like I want more in my life I want to create, I want to be, you know, the creator of my own life. And, you know, that feels scary and overwhelming. So creating, you know, a blueprint for those specific people of how do we actually make this your lived reality. It sounds like a beautiful synthesis of just marrying up so many different tools and approaches and perspectives that you're now bringing to your coaching. And yeah, I can definitely resonate as well with that, like sitting on top of the mountain feeling of like having done all the things and then the now what? And I think that gift of designing your own life and recreating that blueprint for yourself is so powerful for people. So awesome. So what would you say are the main differences between therapy and coaching? And I know that you've spoken a little bit about this on your Instagram. And I think that that's really helpful for people to understand because the lines are a little bit blurred sometimes. And like you said, coaching is an unregulated industry, which can put some people off. So could you just explain from your perspective what you see the differences are between therapy and coaching? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So when I think of therapy, I think of talk-based therapy, and there are many different areas of therapy, but this is kind of therapy in a traditional sense where you have something specific that you're working through. And that really helps to talk it out and process it and learn about your emotions and learn, you know, how does this relate to my past? How does this relate to who I am and how I show up in the world? So it's a lot of uncovering. And then we kind of come to this place in therapy where we know all of the things and it's almost like a plateau. I hear this time and time again from folks where it's like, I've done the therapy. I know what my blocks are. I have so much awareness on myself. And then I don't really know what the next step for me is, or I, I don't, I'm not really like changing anything in my, in my life, in the inside or on the external world. Um, so that's where the coaching comes in, where I see the, the clear distinction and difference being, moving into action. How do I create a difference and how do I really rearrange my life in order to make these shifts? So, you know, an example might be you're stuck in your relationship spiral of unconscious patterning and your attachment styles. And and you feel like, you know, you're just doing the same thing, the same thing with your partner and you know what you're doing, but a coach might come in and, and say like, Hey, try this communication technique. Hey, what if you, you know, both sit down and, and share like what was real for you. And, you know, I see it as having way more tangible techniques and strategies in the coaching world. And also more of a, like, here's where you are. Here's where you'd like to get to. This is the transformation. And therapy being this ongoing thing where you're, there's no end date and there's no necessarily, uh, there's not necessarily a, a set outcome. Whereas coaching is like, 
I can get you here and this is how, and this is the pathway. Um, so I find it a lot more clear for my mind. Um, and then in terms of the, the unregulated piece and who therapy might be beneficial for is, is someone just starting out, right? They're like, wow, you know, I've never talked about any of this with anyone. I, you know, I, I have all these things from my childhood and I've never even said them to anyone. Like that would be an amazing place to enter into therapy or if you have like grief or loss or depression or anxiety. Um, but once you feel like you've gotten to this place where you like, you know, yourself, you've done the self-development work, then coaching is an amazing place to step into, whether that be a group container or a one-to-one -one container. I feel like I could talk for hours. I'm going to leave it at that, but I'm like, I could, I could still say a trillion other things about coaching versus therapy. Yeah. But I guess one more thing that I'll add is if you have a, a history of trauma, I find that seeking out either a coach or a therapist that has specific tools and experience in the world of trauma, this is a very, um, I would say, a safer place to enter into when they have experience in the world of trauma. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. How do we know when we're ready for coaching? Mm. How do we know when we're ready for coaching? I think when it feels edgy and when it feels a little scary and it feels like butterflies and a bit like, ah, like if you can see my face right now, there's a bit of like, like tension expression and where they, you know, that you so clearly feel in your body that like there's something more or there's something that is possible for you, but it feels maybe a little bit far away, whether that be like a new position in work or a new relationship or a new community or a big move or like exploring your sensuality and your sexuality. It's like you have a question or like a want or a desire that feels edgy and scary. And you're like, ah, I can't, I can't. But at the same time, you feel like you can with a little bit of support and a safe space, a container to really support um, you in getting there. And the biggest thing being like a commitment and a desire to grow and expand and not to live a life that feels stagnant or to, to feel like normalcy. You know, you want to go out of that normalcy. You want something more. Mm, definitely I can really resonate with that I was just thinking back to me taking on my first coach which was oh my goodness about five six years ago and all of those mixed feelings of looking at the trajectory of where I was going um and that timeline and then wanting to really leap into a different timeline but wanting the support on that which was exciting and terrifying at the same time <laughs> like I think as I as I said yes and as I you know made that transfer and made it kind of official I I had a complete like meltdown and was like oh my god like you can't do this how who are you to do this type thing so I guess that that's like our limiting beliefs come in as well which is the the big block in us changing anyway right so then bringing somebody else into that space and holding us kind of accountable and holding that vision of who we can be and who we want to become and who we're stepping into and then helping us to pave that way for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. As you said, it's this pattern interrupt, right? The excitement and the terror is because we're in a current system. Our nervous system is wired at a current capacity. And then anything outside of that is new and foreign. So of course it feels edgy and like it's something new and we don't know. And maybe we want to hide under the covers one day and we're like slowly emerging another day. And it's like, 
once we know that it's actually just our nervous system that's freaking out because something new is coming, then we can get on board with that up level of the nervous system and do it in a safe way that feels a little bit more sustainable rather than this like, whoa, you know, everything just changed at once. It's like, how can it be a slow, gradual change of your nervous system getting recalibrated to this new level of being? And that's that's like really the journey that we walk through when we invest and when we do coaching, right? It's like, we know that the other side is scary and unknown, but also amazing and wonderful. And it takes a certain level of courage to be able to leap before we know that it's going to work. We don't know. We're just there for the journey. Mm, totally. And especially because we've only, we've only witnessed what's been available to us so far and what's been available to the people around us so far. And we often kind of, we can't see outside of that lens, right? It's like we've created that reality of what that looks like. So then having somebody to come in and interrupt those patterns for you and show you that it's okay to ask for more and it's safe to ask for more um, and holding that vision. Yeah, super, super powerful. Exactly. As you shared, this is the difference again, to highlight coaching versus therapy is coaching is, is usually somebody who's having the qualities that you want to embody next. You see them as the living example of what's possible. Whereas the therapy world is, is less personal and you, you know, less about their life. They share less about their life. So that's something wonderful about coaching is, you know, they're living what we want and wow, we can actually have that because they're showing us that that's possible rather than this, like really third party person that's a therapist that's amazing and serves a certain purpose um but yeah again to highlight those differences mm, yeah I love that it's definitely with coaching and I find that you know being a coach I've I've learned so much from my own development from my own experiences that I often find very helpful to share within sessions obviously with a place of like consent of is it okay if I share from my own experience you mentioned earlier about plateauing in therapy. Why, why is it that people plateau? Mm, there's only so much that the mind can do and the talking can do. And then usually the plateau is because we want to bring in like somatics or embodiment or like a new lived reality inside of the body. And so if we're just doing talk-based therapy, then we're, we're going to feel like like a broken record. We're talking about the same thing. We have the same pro problems and we have the same, you know, the same everything. Um, so that, that would be an example of why the, the plateau would occur. And then where to go from there is, I would say a very high percentage of the world is just living in our head, like from the neck up 90% of the world or more is living just from the head. And then to actually know right this moment, everyone listening, you know, feel your feet, feel your legs, feel your belly, feel your arms, feel your head. And then like, listen, whilst being in your whole body is like an entirely different experience to, to go about the world, the practice of living in the body whilst doing the hard things, while having a conversation that's triggering, while up-leveling in your business, while doing all of the things, it's just a whole nother ball game. Mm, for sure. And having done now my EFT qualification, which I did last year, which is tapping, I understood that our conscious mind only really runs about 5% of the show, right? And obviously we have to sort out our heads because, you know, we are unfortunately living in them most of the time sometimes. <laughs> but then with our subconscious beliefs, that's like 95% of the show and also our bodies as well. And I'm so glad that you've brought up things like nervous system, but, 
you know, many, many years ago, that would have been a totally foreign concept to me of someone saying like, how's your nervous system feeling? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I, I'm just existing in my head. We kind of forget that we have all this other information that's available to us. And that's how our intuition comes through. Our, our gut instincts come through. Our body gives us so much more information, right? And that's perhaps something like that you were just getting at with therapy. We're just working with that small percentage and that doesn't mean that it's not valuable because it definitely definitely is but what you're saying is that when we enter into the realm of coaching we're bringing in all that other information like the nervous system like what our heart's telling us like what our soul guidance is telling us like what our intuition's telling us yes I love that you brought this up because it's like we don't know what we don't know and previously like three years ago not even very long ago I would read like embodiment coach I'd be like what's that? I don't need that. Like that doesn't resonate at all with me. Like when I first started coaching, I was a mindset coach. I was obsessed with the mind. And then I was like, there's so much more than just the mind, but exactly as you know, as we're just getting introduced to this, it's like, we can't grasp that there's another way of rather than just living in the mind and, and being in the mind. And, and that's all we know. Mm, definitely. Do you think that we can do both? at the same time, therapy and coaching? For sure. Yeah. Currently I am seeing a therapist whom I love and I'm in a business coaching container, which is also a leadership and life coaching container. Um, I just finished with my other coach who I'm probably going to hire again, sensuality and sexuality coach. So I feel if we have capacity in our life and we're really prioritizing personal development and self-growth, then absolutely you can do both. It just depends, of course, on, on what it is, is that's your priority and how much time you have and, and what's the specific obstacle that you're wanting to, to work through. Mm, yeah, awesome. Okay, so how do you think your past experience of working in therapy has informed your coaching practice now? Hmm. Great question. In so many ways, I, I would say, like, as we were sh sharing about the kind of trauma focused or the trauma lens and, and really having that at the forefront of my practice, because we all have experienced trauma, whether it be, you know, something that we would call trauma or somebody else would call trauma. So I think that that is, is really a big one of creating like safe, intentional spaces um, and having the capacity to really deal with things that come up when they're hard, when they're triggering, when it's depression or when it's suicidal ideation, you know, I have the capacity and, and the skills and qualifications to be able to handle those types of situations with confidence and ease. Um, so that'd be one thing. And then, you know, in, in my occupational therapy masters, we really learned like a holistic approach. And I know that a lot of coaches use this as well, but you know, we're an entire human, like we're our person, we're our environment, we're our occupations, we're everything that we do. So not just looking at like me as a human, but also me interacting in the world and how do I, you know, how do I live? Um, but also some, you know, very therapeutic techniques like cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, mindfulness-based approaches, motivational interviewing, you know, like all of these techniques that um, I've been trained in and have studied rigorously definitely inform my practice and just allow me another lens to be able to support folks through. Um, belief systems. Um, I feel like I could go on unhelpful thinking styles, reframing techniques, um, emotional processing, emotional mastery. All of the things have really informed my, my coaching practice. Mm, awesome. And I'm glad that you mentioned so many methods, like methodologies there, because 
there are so many ways for us to for us to enter into self-development right and like I know that some people get put off because they just kind of look at something like yoga and they're like well I don't really vibe with yoga so like that's the only self-development there is type thing but actually there's so much beyond that there's so many different ways that we can go about getting to know ourselves or unblocking ourselves or dismantling our belief systems and it's I guess it's just about finding those different approaches that work for us and at different times as well like I definitely do I use different tools and use different methods depending on where I'm at or what I'm experiencing and stuff so it's beautiful to as a coach as well I think people who come into coaching are people that want to continuously develop themselves so we're always bringing in new things that then we have the capacity to share with clients now in your content you wrote um three things that really skyrocketed your personal and your business growth and expansion being community mentorship and embodiment and I'd love to speak about these because I saw that as just really really powerful talking about those different things and if we could start with community I mean I know that you're living in Bali and the sense of community in Bali is incredible I miss it so much (laughs) Um, but talking about community in the sense of our own personal growth and self-development how does community play a role in our development? Yeah, it's like the most cliche quote. Well, maybe not the most, but one of the most cliche quotes is that we are the accumulation of like the five closest people that we surround ourselves with. Or another one could also be, you know, if you want to become a professional swimmer, you want to become really good at something like spend time with the people that are really good at it. So I think, you know, if we are to be in a community that is um, not as interested in self-development and growth. And then we're maybe feeling like we're having the experience of swimming upstream. Like we're constantly kind of defending ourselves or explaining our story or saying what we're doing and, and not it not being met with like celebration and excitement and questions of, wow, how, how wow, that's incredible. Um, so I, I think, you know, I'm getting into a little bit of like what the community feels like, but for me, it's really been this experience of, wow, like, yes, like so much permission to go for the wild and edgy and crazy life rather than, you know, oh, that sounds scary or that, whoa, how is that going to work? Are you sure? (laughs) But being met with like these fullest open arms inside of a community that really like puts your growth and your expansion at the forefront, even sometimes when you don't want to, (laughs) I would think I was sharing this on another podcast episode, but sometimes I'll, I'll be chatting with my husband and I'll, I'll say something like, oh, I'm considering doing, you know, this, this weekend intensive, like, do you think I should do it? And if he says, I kind of subconsciously want him to say no, so I don't have to do it. (laughs) But then he says yes. And I'm like, no. So it's like a community that really lifts you up higher than you think is possible. And for me, it's, it's honestly been online spaces just as much as in person and in, in, and here in Bali that has been foundational to my growth. And I actually love this aspect because I know a lot of people don't have the, the luxury of having an amazing community in their hometown, especially during COVID, especially during these lockdowns and all of the things that are happening. But like I said, for me personally, it's been the online spaces have been just as comparable where you know that everyone in the room and in that container is there for the same reason and is really investing in themselves and is fully all in. Um, so yeah, community, my gosh, yes. 
And I'm glad that you touched on that as well, of people who don't have people within their immediate vicinity who are really committed to growth or this kind of way of approaching life. And I know that that can be a big challenge for people. So what would your advice be for somebody who is living in that kind of environment where they're actually looking around being like, hang on, I think that I want to move away from where everybody around me is at. And you've obviously mentioned online spaces. What would your advice be for somebody who's really wanting to take that leap, but basically doesn't know how to start? Hmm. Yeah. My first thing would be be open to being surprised. And I'll share a personal story in relation to this. I was back in Campbell River, my hometown, for maybe four months during COVID. And I had this feeling that I didn't resonate with anyone there. I couldn't integrate into the community. There wasn't really people like me there. And I really strongly believe this. And then of course, like my belief system confirms what I see outside. So I, I only had that confirmed for me of like not the best interactions or folks that just like weren't on the same life path as me. And then, you know, bringing this to my awareness and being like, hmm, wait a second, I'm actually going to be open to being surprised and let myself find incredible community here and like let me be open to that so then of course it, it truly can be as simple as this I kid you not I go to a yoga class I go to you know this event put myself out there a little bit go to a few things like smile at people in lines at coffee shops and then I met incredible people like reconnected with people who previously I didn't get along with um so this is not an uncommon story, right? Like I'm sure this is happening for folks all over. So be open to being surprised in your own home community, put yourself out there a tiny bit, um, maybe reconnect with people who previously didn't resonate. Maybe they've done like now five years of self-development work and you're like, wow, we have so much in common now. Um, so yeah. And, and then of course the online spaces and, you know, there's spaces where we can invest and there's also free spaces, free communities that are wonderful. Um, plenty of Facebook groups that I'm a part of that. I'm like, wow, you know, these people, like you can come in here and you can share anything. And there's somebody in there that's going to be really, really seeing you. Mm. Yeah. I love, I love that share of your experience going back to Canada because yeah, I can definitely, definitely resonate with that. And I think that it's a way that we separate ourselves. You know, if we say, oh, there's no community around me here or there's nobody here that's on my wavelength. It's like, well, of course, like if you created that barrier anyway, then of course you're going to increase that sense of separation. And often, you know, I've had to really kind of try to work with my mindset around that of like, well, what, where, where are we connecting or where are these people acting as a mirror where I'm blocking connection or I'm blocking community. As well, I would like to ask for like advice for somebody who is feeling stuck by kind of old relationships in which they feel like they can't necessarily change or grow because when you are on this, in inverted commas, self-development journey of you know really wanting to get to know yourself, becoming your most authentic self. And when you're in friendships where people kind of, almost don't want that to happen because they're very comfortable with you being who you are and don't know how to treat you with this kind of new version of you that you're becoming and I know that for a lot of women that I work with they find that quite challenging that as they're growing they 
recognize that there's friction in their friendships or in their relationships and it almost becomes a way that we don't want to grow that we block ourselves and you know I've definitely experienced that within a relationship where I was growing a lot as a person and I was almost growing out of the relationship but I didn't want to not be in the relationship so I really stunted my own growth that's something that you can relate to is it something that you've experienced or witnessed and what would you speak to around that Hmm. Yeah, I would say that this has been something that I talk about with 99% of my clients as well. It's, it's really this common theme. And so if this is your experience listening, then first of all, let's celebrate you because this is a place where you've gotten to in your growth and your evolution where, you know, you've, you've really worked on yourself and you're really seeing things and you're bringing it to the forefront. So first of all, celebration, celebration for you. Um, and then the second piece being it's not a cookie cutter answer. It's not going to be the same for everyone, but what I, I would really encourage is, is empowerment and that you get to decide and you get to choose. So, so sometimes we feel this need to defend ourselves, right. And, and share like all the intimate details of our process and what's happening. And, you know, I, I don't know if we can be friends anymore and yada, 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 and, you know, really go into it. And maybe it would actually be okay to, just slowly, like, instead of having these chats that don't go anywhere and feel uncomfortable, just like go for a walk every week or go to a yoga class together. It, it can be a, just a, a shift of the relationship and where you now relate in a new way that that doesn't have to feel like uncomfortable and that your needs aren't being met. And then of course we need to get those needs met from someone else. So maybe we are then seeking out a space where we feel supported and we feel seen and, and not seeking that um, those qualities that we, we think we should have in a friend from every single one of our friends. So, um, you know, there can be this tendency to think like, I have to like leave all my friends and I have to find all new friends. But I really, really think that like each person is going to bring so much light and value in their own specific way. And now it's just more, it's not like remove entirely and, and replace it's now it's wow. I have, I have so many more humans in my life that I love. And also having a few sentences up your sleeve can be really helpful to kind of be in those uncomfortable situations where um, you don't necessarily know what to say, or, or they're, they're asking questions about your new lifestyle and your new choices and um, just being really vulnerable and, and sharing something along the lines of like, oh, previously I would answer like this, or previously our dynamic would be like this. And now what I'm actually liking is to say the true thing and to say the vulnerable thing. And, you know, do you want to try this exploration with me? And if you don't, that's so okay. It's like bringing those unspoken things to the awareness and to the, the forefront I find is like one of the most uh, potent strategies that's actually not too hard and can be applied in a lot of different scenarios. Um, so don't leave all your friends behind, but also have fierce boundaries. If they're bringing you down, if they're in the trenches and they want you to be in the trenches only with them, then, then maybe that's not um, the best friendship at this point in your journey. And that's okay. And there's a grievance. Oh, this is another huge milestone of the self-development journey is the grievance, like the grievance of what things were before you knew what you know now and how sad that is. Like, oh, so it's really a challenging moment, but also um, a point to celebrate where, wow, I'm really sad that my life isn't the same. And wow, look at all that is going for me from this place. 
Yeah, I love that. It's like the sacred letting go process of just the continual cycles of birth and death that we go through constantly as humans. And when we are growing, we're always going through these cycles. So celebrating those, but also recognizing, as you said, like the grief in that. And as you were talking as well, it reminded me of when we in inverted commas kind of do the work we can start to create that sense of separation of like, well, I'm a different person now and I'm very different from all of these people. And that's when we step into a bit of a spiritual ego, right? Where we're like, I'm different. I do this. This is who I am. This is my identity. And it's almost like a bit of a a trick because when we are doing this work, we're really trying to shed a lot of those like labels and identities and really working with our ego and wanting to let go of all of these things. And then it can be kind of a a bit of a trap to then slip into this, oh, but I'm different and this is who I am and these are my needs and blah, 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 rather than seeing that work as an invitation to radically accept where everyone else is at on their journey and radically love everyone for what they're at on their journey. And yes, if friendships or environments or something don't feel right on your nervous system or on your body or being in certain types of conversations and things just doesn't vibe with you anymore, that's all good. But then seeing that from a place of love and acceptance as opposed to fear and pushing things away and separation. So that's not the spiritual thing right (laughs) yes 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 absolutely it's like we were in one box and we entered into another box and then that's okay and everything else outside of it's not when really what we want to move towards is like that exactly as you said unity compassion love for everyone and where they're at in their journey and ourselves and you know more more of everything and more of everyone Mm, awesome and And with this sense of community, like group spaces are so powerful, aren't they? Um, Like I know that you've been inside a lot of group containers and run group containers. And for me as well, like being part of a group container where people are constantly wanting you to grow and celebrating you for your growth, but also running group containers where honestly, I've pitched up to some of the, some of my group workshops and like where I've just had to run off and like get water or like run to the bathroom or something. And I come back and everyone's like having this incredible conversation. And I'm like, I barely even need to be present in these group spaces, you know, like I can hold the space and I can leave, but actually we just learn so much and we grow so much just from being in that expansive energy field, right? Like, just hearing other people's stories and just realizing that we're not the only one and that other people are going through all this crazy wild shit too. And like all the places where we've been judging ourselves and thinking, Oh my God, I'm such a messed up person or whatever. Like everyone else is going through this stuff too. And that's so healing in itself. So have you found that like running group spaces and being part of these group spaces too, I guess within the online space, because that's what people perhaps have more access to. Have you found that? Yeah, one million percent. I I just finished a six week group program called Alive a few few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. And the women inside of there, like they're still connected, they're still meeting up in person. And you know, these we really build these beautiful friendships. And one of the women inside, she shared that she'd been in a group container before and she didn't have such a positive experience and she was nervous to try it again. And and she did, and she entered into this space and she really was able to like 
use her voice and show up and be there. And yeah, so I, I just highlight this by, by showing that like not all group spaces are the same. So if you've had the experience where like, oh, it wasn't so easy or it didn't flow or like I didn't click with the other women, it's like, try it again. That doesn't mean that like every single time is going to be like that. And what's beautiful is that you get the opportunity to create these like new conscious, mature friendships that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity before. It's, it's like, oh, wow. You know, oh, Megan, when you, when you shared how much money you made last month, like that really triggered me. And then you get to share that with the group and be witnessed in your trigger. And then that becomes like the normal conversation, right. Instead of like keeping it all inside of like, oh, you know, wow, she's making more money than me. It's like, wow. You know, she's evidence that it's possible. And it becomes this beautiful space where, yeah, you get to see what's possible. You get to make these new, mature, deep friendships and practice. That's the other huge piece is, um, and, and for me, for the women side of my group containers, it's like, we're learning a lot of new tools and ways of being and ways of interacting and what better way than to practice it in a container that everybody is learning that skill as well. And everyone's practicing that thing rather than trying it out in like the world with somebody that has no idea what you're doing. It's like, wow, perfect. We're all in this together. Um, and that feeling. And, and I love that aspect of the group with, along with, you know, so many other, other aspects too. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And what you're talking about there is that that ethos, and we touched on it already, of celebration over comparison. Because we oh. live in a world where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, you know, with the influence of social media and marketing. It's so easy for us to do that, right? Like every single day we're bombarded with stuff that feeds into our not enough stories. But when we're part of these communities, and whether that is an expansive community of you living in Bali, or an expansive community of you living in your hometown, or an expansive community in the online space and being part of a group or something, we're really training ourselves in the art of celebrating others and making it, you know, and, and that being an abundant space of that's just showing what is possible for us and what's possible for more people out there, as opposed to seeing it from a lack mentality, which is very much kind of how society is rooted in like oh she's got that or he's got that therefore it's not available to me and I, therefore I'm a failure and I'm a shit person and blah, blah blah and then we spiral but these group spaces are really training us to step into that space of celebration over comparison right hmm, exactly rewiring our nervous system to look for the evidence that it's possible not that everybody else has it and we don't yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely awesome so with that, just one more thing on community. Um, if it's not something that is, you know, so available for us within our hometown or whatever, it is something that we can create, right? Like it can be an invitation for us to create something. Like if we see a void of something, we can create that. And can we speak a little bit about authentic leadership in that space of, you know, we're living in a time where there is a huge call to step into authentic leadership and the fear that comes up around that. Can you speak a little bit to that? Oh my goodness. Yes. This is a huge, huge portal growth opportunity area for me that I, I recently stepped into because, you know, we have every time before there's an up level, there's the blocks that come up or there's the resistance and, and my resistance to holding group spaces and, and creating these intentional containers was like, who am I to do this? And we talked a little bit about this, like, who am I? But it's, it's really this foundational feeling of like, why would I be good enough to create something like this? And, and 
it's like, then the question becomes, you know, when we get a little bit more curious, it's like, well, if it's not me, then who's going to do it? Or everybody can do it. And then there's just more. And again, coming into that space and, you know, really this place of experimentation where for me, what was easiest was I'll just try it out. Like it doesn't have to go amazing the first time. I don't have to like instantly know how to be a leader. And I actually was just sharing this in my story today after a conversation with a client yesterday where there's no like, okay, you have to have this, this, and this, and this, and then you're a leader. It's you bring your full self as you are, and you bring all of the qualities that make you, you, and then that is your specific leadership style. It's not like there's four leadership styles. You know, this is a very like patriarchy way of teaching things, four leadership styles, and you have to fit in one of the four boxes. It's like, how, what makes you, you, and what can, you know, what's the movement that you want to be a part of and how can you create an intentional space that's conducive to this type of movement? So the movement being share your full self, be vulnerable, be authentic, celebrate each other in their wins and, you know, really just, um, no holding back. And that's, that's the movement. That's the space to, to be created. So um, it could be as simple as like, Hey, I'm having a, a coffee shop gathering for everyone to share what's on their heart. There's no facilitation required. It's just a meetup. You don't have to do anything. If it feels super edgy to like actually lead something, I, I totally get it. I've been there. So starting small with creating these intentional communities and, and giving yourself the chance to try it out because it doesn't have to doesn't have to sell out or anything the first time. It's just, you know, what would you like to have been a part of two years ago? And can you create that for other folks so that they can find it sooner? And it's not, it's not an, it's a matter of if they could find those spaces, it's a matter of when. So how can we do that? And, and remember, it's actually not about us, like the small me, the small, like I'm doing it. It's like, how can I do this for the collective and let that be the guiding force? Cause it's so much easier when we do it from like the larger self of like, I'm doing this for the collective, not for little me. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Making it not about us, but about what we're just providing in the world. Okay. So having spoken about community, I would love to speak to you about mentorship. And I know like on your Instagram, you've posted about how much you invested within yourself last year with taking on mentors, taking on coaches, being part of these group spaces. Can we speak a little bit about investing in yourself? Because you also, something that you said, which I really resonated with is that you've done so many like countless courses, which cost like $100 or $50 or whatever, and you didn't finish them. And I, oh my God, I've done so much of that. And I feel like, um, often people look at coaching packages or group programs or whatever and think, oh my God, like it's, it's so expensive type thing. But that is a huge opportunity for us to invest in ourselves and for us to show up. It sometimes does demand that edgy feeling or like, oh my God, this is, this is a lot for me to be investing in myself in order for us to show up. So can you speak to that from your experience and also with your work? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The amount of like free courses, free trainings, $10, this hundred dollar, that that's sitting in my inbox unopened, like many hundreds of experiences that I just don't go to. And I was even having this experience with my therapist where the sessions are, I don't know, around a hundred dollars or something. And I 
it crosses my mind every time before the call, like, ah, should I just not go? <laughs> because it's hard, right? Like it's, it's not easy to like talk through things and process and all of that. Um, but when it's my $25,000, is it 25,000 or 15,000? It's like those numbers previously would have been incomprehensible to my mind. And now I'm like, I don't know if it was 15 or 25 K pardon me. <laughs> like that was not my lived reality even one year ago. Um, so I wanted to just preface that, but when it's this experience that I've invested a large amount of money in, I freaking show up. Like I'm in the Voxer, the group chat every day. I'm sharing, I'm celebrating, I'm pushing myself. I'm watching the videos. I show up to all the calls, even though they're at 6am Bali time, you know, like I freaking show up and that's my experience every time when I invest. And there's also this, this almost like energetic experience where we're playing at a high level now. Like there's no going back. We are just our, our calibration. I know this sounds like I wouldn't have understood this at some point in my journey as well. It's like, we're just calibrating for nothing less than like I invest 15 K it's, it's scary and it's edgy, but like, I'm not available for anything less than those experiences that are at that level. And then the group of people that you're with match that energy and match that. And the coach shows up, the other folks show up. So for me, it's like, I have just seen too much to not continue to invest at that level. And I see the transformation that it, it, it takes in my own life. And it's just really providing myself this opportunity to be at a high standard. And, and now I've priced my experiences accordingly. Like I know it's edgy. I know it's hard. So I have these offers where it's a lot easier for people to plug into. And, and that still feels like an edge. There was a point in my journey where I couldn't imagine spending $1,500. Like I, I just... I couldn't do it. I'm sure you're nodding. You've had the same experience where you're like, what? That's a lot. It is a lot. Right. And then our version of a lot and our idea of investing in ourselves, it really shifts over time. And like, I am the living example of this. And I, I know that you are too. It's like your concept of money just shifts right in front of your eyes. And it's so weird. Right. But what I would say, uh, what helps me is to really focus on the return of investment because our mind likes to figure it out. And that makes our body feel safe. So in order to make our body feel safe, we got to figure out all the things and we have to self-source our safety and feel safe in our body. So return on investment for like a business coaching is quite easy. So for example, my newest offering bloom four month mastermind specifically focused around business and life is 5,000 us dollars. So two clients at two and a half K you already pay back that investment and and then every other client after that is extra and more. And your return on investment is like instant. And then for the more intangibles there, if we're making an investment of, of money and then the, the, the return of investment is these intangibles, it's like, well, do I want to have an epic freaking relationship? Do I want to feel pleasure and sensuality in my day to day? You know, what's actually the, the, the investment? And of that is a no brainer. It's like, I want to live my day feeling on top of the world. I don't want to dip into these anxiety spirals. I don't want to dip into, you know, this pesky mindset anymore. I don't want to be in perfectionism. I don't want to be in these like, you know, thought spirals. And when we invest in opportunities to get out of that and experience a new lived reality, like that is so priceless. Um, so that's what helps me in terms of thinking, what's the return of investment? How do I feel safe in my body in this up level? What type of 
of level do I want to invest in to be with people who are matching that experience and so much more I paid five thousand pounds for my first ever coach I can't even remember how long we worked together maybe like a few months or something and that terrified me and it was just an unfathomable amount of money (laughs) he was having to walk me through the payment as I was doing it on the call because I was just such a mess And I I really wanted to do it, but it just felt so foreign to me to be investing in myself in that kind of way. But it changed my life. It completely changed my life. It changed the fabric of who I was. It allowed me to let go of shame that I've been holding on to, forgive people for things. It completely radically changed my life. And you can't put a price on stuff like that, can you? No. And we and we we shy away from making these decisions because we're like, oh, I can't, I can't invest in myself in that kind of way. Or like when we shift the fabric of who we are and we're stepping into a new version of ourselves like we can't put a price on that right no it's like you're literally calibrating at this new frequency where like I said we're not available for less we're only available for more like an epic job opportunity an epic apartment to come our way this car that's like brand new for half the price or whatever it's like everything just matches up to to meet you where you're at then Mm, yeah definitely Okay, so I just want to come to embodiment now, because I know that this is something that you've mentioned in transformation as well. And there are so many different ways for getting into our body. And it can be a bit of a foreign thing, because like we said at the beginning of this recording, so much of our lived experience is just from our heads and coming into our body is a really like weird concept. What are your favorite embodiment practices for people to start building that relationship? Mm. My favorite thing is making things feel accessible and easy and doable in our day-to-day life. So like quick, quick things consistently throughout the day, because if we only are in our bodies one time a day, that's not really going to change our, our daily lived experience. So what I usually recommend is to kind of put a sticker, like a sticky note on something that you see often. So like you could put a sticky note on your water bottle or on your computer screen, or like the specific background of your phone that is a visual reminder of like, Oh, let me, let me check in with my body for a second. So as simple as let me put my feet on the floor. Let me feel my legs. Let me feel my chest. Let me take three deep breaths and then, wow, I'm in my body, like really, truly as simple as that. But it's not easy when we're going about our day, you know, this meeting, that meeting, grocery shopping to remember. So the, the most important thing I would say is like to have that visual cue to remind yourself to, to drop in and live in the body. And then another one being starting your day in the body instead of grabbing your phone. Oh, so notorious for this. It's hard, right? Your phone's right there. The alarm's going off. You're like, oh what's happening on Instagram? (laughs) Oh, what my mom just say, um, get onto your yoga mat, like put your yoga mat directly beside your bed and just do a couple like swirls with your shoulders, swirls with your hips and dance to one song. Like it doesn't have to be a full blown ecstatic dance. Like Megan and I are at like one song. That's it. Um, so really simple, really quick, even in the shower, you know, feel the water hitting your body. That's it right? We, we like to overcomplicate things in the coaching world. I think sometimes where it's like embodiment, somatics, you know, all these big words that don't really like make so much sense to the mind, but it's like, it's actually just giving yourself the opportunity to feel in your body whilst living. Mm, yeah. Awesome. 
Okay, my love. Well, I think that that's all we've got time for. I mean, there's so much stuff here. So we've touched on so many different topics. So do you want to just mention that your program, I know that you are starting a new group program, Bloom. So do you want to just speak to that before we end? Yeah. So Bloom is a four month mastermind, my highest level offering intimate group container, which also has a one-to-one component. And the emphasis is really on bringing your full self to rise in your business and in your life. So increasing your impact, increasing your income, really allowing every aspect of your business to be yours and successful for you. So not these like cookie cutter frameworks of this is what makes a successful business, but like, what are the ins and outs of your exact situation and how can we expand in the area of your exact business, your relationship, your life, your career, all of the things. Um, so whether that be expanding your product suite, expanding your, your clients, growing your online space, asking for raising your prices, you know, all of these things are, are aspects that can be included inside of Bloom. Um, so the difference, I guess, would be not just your regular business experience, but you as the whole human rising in your business, because we know all of the blocks and all of the things come up. So you feeling confident, secure, and growing at a sustainable grounded place. And that's why it's called Bloom, where you're really grounded in who you are, but you're rising at the same time. Um, So that's Bloom Business Life Mentorship Mastermind Program. Um, And I also have Alive, which is an eight-week program. And this one is really about reigniting your zest for life, falling in love with yourself, reconnecting, just really tapping into more vibrancy. Um, So this one is starting in April, and that's a really great kind of foundational entryway into female embodiment, these things that Megan and I have been talking about. Um, So both of those are opportunities to dive in with me as well as so many free resources on my website, which I'd love you to have. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing today, my love. It's been awesome talking to you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation and have some epic tips on how to get started or how to continue along your own journey of healing and expansion. Our growth as humans is never linear. But in my own experience, when we have an idea of where we want to go or who we want to become, it's a classic case of leap and the net will appear. Sometimes we have to put a stake in the ground. Sometimes we just have to follow the breadcrumbs of what lights us up to start to listen and tune in, to follow our hearts and the intuitive nudges. I have found that when we are open, the teachers appear at the right time or synchronicities lead us to the next thing. Teachers, mentors or coaches can have an incredible ability to illuminate to us our blind spots. We don't have to do it alone. As we've spoken about within the sense of community and expanders and mentors within this podcast. And I found that once we are on the path, it's like the world steps in to support that forwards flow, even when it throws curveballs or tests. Now, I know that some of what was spoken about in this podcast, for example, the idea of investing in ourselves in big ways, feels really edgy. And the hard truth is, in the world that we live in, it's not available to everyone in our world. If it is available to you, I invite you to remember that our health, our well-being, our growth and our authentic truth is just about the most important thing we have It is the essence of who we are and what we can bring to the world in our work, in our relationships, to our communities and to the collective. So my advice is go all in with finding out who you are, with what you're capable of. Find the mentors, find the community, find the expanders. It might not always be pretty, but I guarantee you'll never look back. You deserve to feel magnetic and worthy and whole and complete within this lifetime. 
Feel free to get in touch with any of your questions regarding this topic. I always love to hear from you. My Instagram is at higherlove underscore with Megan. And if you benefited from this episode, do follow, rate or share. Until next time, big love.